All right, and it looks like we're live. So, hey, what's going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and who do I have with me here? What's up? It's Devin again. How's it going, guys? How's it going, Mr. Mario? Oh, it's going pretty well. Uh, well, I'll be honest. I'm just I'm kind of kind of tired. Been busy. All that fun stuff. How How about yourself? Oh, I mean, all the same. I hear you're really busy though, so I don't know if my stuff can compare. But you know, it's it's been busy over here too. I haven't had near the time to get anything done that I've been wanting to. But you know, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Speaking of things that have gotten done, though, uh, one thing I'll go ahead and, like plug this already. But uh, Devin has a YouTube channel now, and uh, Devin, are you going to kind of pour that out a little bit and kind of what we've, what we, you've taken the challenge seriously now? Yeah. So I guess um, in December, I got challenged to make a uh, one video a month. So near the end of January, pretty much right at the end of January, actually, you helped me out. Uh, we made the first video on my channel. It's uh, the same handle as everything else that you can find me online by. And that's a uh, paranoid coder, one word. So it was just an introduction video for this month. Um, I'm already kind of like working on video number two. I haven't filmed it yet, but uh, I'm probably going to be doing that next couple of days, actually. So I'm um, hoping to get the video out and just maybe like four or five days or so. But yeah, I'm uh, going to keep it going. So we'll be working on the video for next month here shortly too. Awesome. No, I was actually really happy that you took up that challenge because for anybody who doesn't remember, you weren't here in our December episode. Uh, I had said for a New Year's resolution, I told Devin, I was just like, hey, you should do one video a month. Just do that. And we literally got out January's video at the last moment we could. I think it was like two hours before February 1st. Uh, I think about four, maybe three and a half, but yeah, it was pretty dang close. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it was really close, but we got it out. Um, and I probably wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for your help. So I actually really appreciate it, man. I tried. Hey, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, I, I, I even told Devin, I was just like, yeah, it's January 31st. I'm going over to your place. I'm not leaving until we have a file that's all ready and rendered out and ready for upload. And we, we got it done. So, Yeah. And I mean, just a heads up, if anyone wants to follow us on Twitter, I guess you probably could have gotten a heads up on that too, because we were discussing that pretty wide open. So um, if that's something any of you guys are, you know, interested in, feel free to follow either of us on Twitter. For sure. The Twitter links will be down below in the description. I need to put your channel in there, but whatever it is, it's all good. So anyways, enough promotion with all that stuff. Devin, we have a, we have a lot of topics here, don't we? Yeah, a ton of stuff this time. And <laughs> I don't know, seriously, like always, it seems like things went from, you know, we didn't have a lot of topics for, you know, most of the month and, then, you know, a whole flood of stuff came in. So it's pretty exciting though. Yeah, no, it originally went from, I was like struggling to look for topics. I was like, okay, I have like these three or four things that aren't really that good to all of a sudden. It's just like, when I, when I ran it by Devin, I was just like, yeah, we have 15 topics. We have to, we have to cut this down a little bit like we we will not go through everything here which we did a tiny bit but they're still hopefully good yeah no doubt i think we talk far too much about each one of these usually that it would be it would be a three-hour podcast <laughs> true that yeah so for the first topic here do you want to grab it or should i do this or what do you want to do yeah i mean i think i can introduce it and you could probably fill in the gaps here um so uh, Wololo uh, on Wololo.net actually made a blog post that's pretty insightful. It's basically a big overview of pretty much everything you can do on a hacked PS4 running the firmware 4.05. Um, so I'm sure we'll have this link in the show notes down below. 
But um, Wololo goes over quite a bit of stuff. Um, you know, basically the start of his uh, article uh, is the PS4 scene has made significant progress since Spectre Dev released the 405 jailbreak at the end of 2017. Um, and now they allow a, <clears throat> sorry, a variety of things from custom themes to Linux and uh, even piracy. So um, if you're looking at the article... Yep, I have it up on screen right now for anybody who's checking out the visual. Yeah, Um, we can see that it's like booting up Linux. You can get to a terminal and everything like that. I believe that it's probably Debian that they're running. But, you know, that allows for a lot of flexibility. Um, Plenty of software that you can get running on there at that point. And, uh, you know, lots of things you can do uh, in terms of manipulating the device when you have full control over the operating system. Um, So that's pretty cool. That's always good to see on a platform. And in fact, you know, this is kind of thing where consoles are getting powerful enough that I kind of would like to actually have one um, of these laying around just to see what I really could do with it. Because this could be a really good media center. I mean, I guess it's probably pretty overpowered for that. But I feel like there's definitely some interesting use cases I could find for this kind of thing. I don't know. Have you ever really run uh, Linux on a whole lot of uh, consoles? I mean, of course, there's like the base on there, whatever it could be. Um, but no, I think I, I'm trying to remember. No, I, I don't know if I. I think I ran it on the Xbox, like the original Xbox, but that was it. Um, I've planned to do it on PS4 at one point, but I personally never did. Yeah, most of the consoles that I've done it on, it kind of seemed impractical. Like running Linux on a PSP just didn't really make much sense because it was just such a small thing. I never did this, but do you remember when people would try and put Windows 95 on everything? So like Windows 95 on the PSP? Yeah, I do remember that. And I remember trying it on the PSP at least. Um, But after that, it really didn't interest me because there's nothing I would do with Windows 95. And I'm not really even that much of a Windows (laughs) fan to begin with, as you know. So um, I remember also it, it took like 10 minutes to boot up on there as well, too. Yeah, it was completely impractical, which kind of is like still my point with this. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Um, up until probably the more recent generation of consoles, Linux just didn't seem nearly as practical. But um, I'm sure you could do a lot of stuff with this if you could find a console. It's probably not worth the cost of that compared to something that you could build or even like a Raspberry Pi. But, you know. Mm-hmm. It's but, if you, but if you want to play around with it, whatever it is, sure. But you're saying like getting one exclusively just to use the Linux box. Yeah, I think it would be fun if you had the opportunity, but probably not worth spending your money on mm-hmm. just for that. So, yeah. Um, continuing on through the kind of blog article, you can sure. also run your uh, use your PS4 as an FTP server, which is pretty common with a lot of, you know, console jailbreaks especially like uh game consoles because they're a lot harder to actually hook up to your computer so uh that's always useful i don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about that yeah that's just about on every single modified system is going to be it's expected to have some type of ftp system on there right um there's all kinds of like registry edits debug settings uh, a lot of other things that you can tweak with it custom themes now um, one thing that I didn't realize until recently was that you can actually run PS2 ISOs on the PS4. Um, uh, I believe you could give a little bit more insight on this, but uh, from what you told me, they have 
found or taken the PS2 ISOs that were officially released and figure out how they were packaged and just started repackaging official PS2 ISOs. Exactly. Yeah, no. So for anyone that doesn't know, because uh, a lot of a lot of people just kind of like just like went under their noses and was kind of undetected. But a while ago, uh, they released so they as in Sony released uh, several PlayStation 2 classic games on PS4, which you could end up purchasing. Uh, and they had built a PS2 emulator for the PS4. Uh, so, of course, since this was available, people ended up dumping those games and they found out it's like, hey, this is just a PS2 ISO thrown into a container and then packaged up. So now that's what we have right here. At this point, we can just, you know, there's templates where we can make our own packages with uh, images and manuals, whatever the hell else you want on there. And you can just grab an ISO, pop it in there, package it up, and then use PS4 HIN on 4.05 to do the package install on there. Uh, of course, it's your mileage may vary, so people are doing a lot of tests with everything, but with anything like this, um, unfortunately, because it is emulation on here, it's not a hardware-based type thing. Uh, there's a lot of games that have glitches and just do not work. So for anybody who's thinking, oh, every PS2 game will work on the PS4 because it's so powerful, unfortunately, no. Yeah, and even here uh, on that article, there's a link to a compatibility list on PS4 Dev Wiki. So... Uh, if you're interested in trying this out, you may want to go check out that. Yep. I like how the first one right there, PS2 demo disc, unplayable in PAL and then not available for NTSCJ, NTSCU, black screens, freezes after intro information. So yeah, even a demo disc is is not going to get past oh, that. <laughs> That's so sad. I miss those demo discs. Yeah, me too. Did you ever get those? Like, I remember... Uh, my family had like a subscription to like. Are you talking about like official PlayStation magazine? Yeah. Yes, I, so. I did get those. Oh, it was so amazing. I look forward to those demos so much. And I don't think they really do anything like that now. I mean, everything, you're going to get a demo for a game. I guess you just download it off the store or whatever. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah. those are good Because there's. There- even now, demos aren't really as common. I mean, I, I remember near the beginning of the seventh generation, like in the middle of it, yeah, we still got demos. Not not so much on discs, it was all digital download. But now, I mean, there's different ways of putting it. There's early access or there's uh, free public beta. Uh, but we rarely have demos of games. And even so, a lot of the times when we do get demos, it's the full game that you download, but you have a one or two hour time window with it. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's a lot more. It's a lot different now. I mean, it's just a, a sign of the technology now. So mm-hmm. can't really well, blame people. The, yeah. Well, the thing is with it as well too is um, on top of it all, when it comes to uh, demos, I, you might be able to attest to this a bit more since you're a developer. Uh, I I know you're not a games developer directly, but a lot of the times I've heard people say, like developers say, it's like, yeah, no, we would rather just put out the game itself because. It's almost just it's almost like making two games if we're expected to make a full game and then make a demo build of that game. Yeah, I mean, depending on how it's done, I could definitely imagine that, especially because you wouldn't want to just ship a demo disc with like a lot of the content closed off. Um, Depending on how, you know, it's planned, I guess you could if you plan for it from the beginning to make a demo disc, I suppose you could work around it. But I've been in that situation, even in the real world, I guess, where um kind of I've been at a company and they wanted to see more of like a demo of a, a large product that was going to take months to make like a prototype if you will and sometimes mm-hmm. that does end up taking longer just to satisfy their 
initial desires just to get all the visuals perfect before you even like you know work on some of the more complicated stuff right um, but yeah i mean it can be hit or miss uh if you plan it right sometimes it can work out but you know that hardly that hardly happens uh in fast-paced industries like that you know i actually um did you ever hear about i think it was the crash bash demo disc that got out no i don't believe so um crash bash i believe uh what was it um they had a demo for it so they released a demo disc uh but it ended up just being the full game but they it, it was a beta version of the game because they released a demo before it was released but they kind of had that issue where they're like well we're working so hard on the game we don't really have the resources to allocate to building a demo so let's just put out this beta version and we're just going to block off a lot of the content but then, of course, you know, when people got a hold of it, this is years and years later, they found that out. They were able to work past the restrictions. So they're able to play right. through the full beta build of the game. But it was really just the full beta build right there with a lot of restrictions. So unless you use, um, unless you modify the game or hack it up in any way, you won't be able to access those other unrestricted portions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. That's, uh, that's definitely the risky move with doing something like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it would be a lot of work. I'm sure it is. A, it, you know, it's it's these uh, game development industries always seem uh, are described as like really fast paced. You know what I mean? Really like, especially like in crunch time and building a, a demo build. At some point in that process, would probably take way too much time away from it. Absolutely. I think now it's no longer as much of an issue, but again, it's we, we've just gotten craftier with the demo builds. Instead of demos, we have public betas and extended trials and early access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit more clever. It probably satisfies you know people a, a lot more just because they can go and try out the game and uh, not be as limited and be able to even download it from the comfort of their home. Mm-hmm. I know there's issues with that as well too, but that's a whole that's a whole other topic that we're not going to get into right now. Yeah, probably we got too many topics this, this month. Too many. <laughs> um, let's Thanks, see. Lily. Let's go ahead and finish up this article here. So yeah, sure. like we said, PS2 ISOs. Go check it out. Check the compatibility list before you you know spend too much time on it. Um, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as mentioned before, uh, piracy is now, uh, I guess, you know, supported on the PS4. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't look too far into this. Do you know how it's actually accomplished? It looks like through Yeah, so I don't know the nitty gritty details because I still haven't updated my system to 4.05 yet. Um, but uh, prior to this, like this is even available on 1.76. It's more you had to dump the game a certain way and then load it up in a certain other way using a different app. Uh, but now it's a lot cleaner of a method where you can either dump the package file itself or you can dump the disk uh, and then put that into a package file. And now what you do is you have to run PS4 hen and then you can go into the debug settings and just put the package file itself, which mm -hmm. is just one file containing the entire game, uh, and you install it that way. And then you can just right. run it through uh, the PS4's menu right there. That makes sense with what we've been hearing about in the last couple episodes. Yes. Yeah, no, that's that's precisely what it is. So this is just like a big roundup for everyone here. And also gotcha. I kind of like, I, I, I also sent it over to Devin too. I was like, hey, this is a good TLDR on like everything PS4 right now. Yeah, no, it definitely has helped. And of course, kind of piggybacking off that, um, being able to install package files means that we can install Homebrew 
but at the moment it doesn't seem like there is a whole lot of that going on for the people are having uh, their free games right now so <laughs> yeah i mean give it like a you know a little bit of time once the honeymoon phase is over hopefully <laughs> we'll see some stuff mm -hmm. um and maybe that will finally get me to get a ps4 though as we've talked about i probably have too much modding debt to invest in another console right now <laughs> Yes, we've we've actually we talked about this right before the show, and Devin even had an idea where it was like, "Hey, for every episode of Mod Chat, I should cross like one modding debt thing off my list." Yeah, we'll see. I think I could knock out the 3DS pretty easy before the next episode. But question is, also... is the 3DS still on ARM9 loader hacks, or is it Boot9 strip? Yeah. No, it's on ARM9. Okay. Oh man, that's that's retro now. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's been like. So many months <laughs> and, and it's bad because uh like almost my uh grading scale is how many mod chats and i'm like oh man it's been like three or four mod chats oh hey Lily. that's bad Lily just came here and snipped at my butt but, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she got bored at me because i wasn't giving her enough attention yeah she just came over she's like hey attention please oh well yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but um yeah, so I mean, we'll see. I'm a, I don't think we should make it an official challenge, but we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe uh, next month, next month. Yeah. Yes, I'll have to. Uh, I, I can push it on you a little bit. Be like, hey, do this thing, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first yeah. things first. I need to get um, my next video out. So the next couple of videos, I'm I'm pretty excited about. So those are going to be my focus before I commit too much to another challenge. <laughs> So for our second thing, I kind of want to uh, throw this on here um, as more of an informational piece, but also at the same time, you know, a friendly shout out here as well, too. So friend of the show, Kiwi Dog, I think we've had him on here three times, I believe, twice as a guest and once as a co-host. And uh, he ended up making a piece of homebrew. Uh kind of, so to speak. Uh, it's a framework, that's what I should say. Um, it's up on GitHub, so you can go ahead, you know, grab it, fork it, whatever you want to um, compile it, but it is directly for PS4, so it's called Oni Framework. And on here, he talks about a little bit. He says, Oni Framework is a platform for embedded device software development. is used in order to remotely debug add functionality to an embedded device. As of right now, the main concepts are a fully modular plugin system with local and remote RPC. This was designed to run at ring zero privilege level, but with some tweaks can also be used in th ring three levels. Be warned, this is not for production use, only for developers who want an easy building platform to research. So currently, this project is in development and may not be fully tested. We'll need decent magic. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll need decent knowledge of C and C sharp and magic. That's the last thing. So uh on that as well too i did talk with kiwi on the side about this and i asked i was like hey is there anything you want to clarify on here just so i don't misspeak on it whatever it might be uh and he was saying i don't think so it's not really useful to non-developers so before anybody gets super super hyped but he said it's meant to replace it's meant to be a replacement for shit like ps4 api net sheet and ftp all in one and much better so there you go yeah, I mean, that's a better summary than I could have given it. Sounds really interesting, but it's probably a little bit over my head. Um, I've done a lot of development, but I've never really gotten that deep into actually the, you know, console hardware layer and actually interacting with this kind of stuff. Um, I've written a little bit of homebrew, just, you know, user homebrew on top of all that, but 
know, this is pretty fascinating to me. So pretty sweet. Um, definitely give props to Kiwi for this one. Um, it's cool to have him some of his software feature on the show here. Yeah. No, I want to give him that big shout out on there. So yeah, Kiwi, we love you. You're welcome back on if you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and uh, pass it on to you. Uh, we got another system to talk about here. Oh, yeah. It's time for Nintendo chat, everybody. Nintendo chat. <laughs> so um, we've been talking a lot about the Nintendo Switch lately. It's getting really exciting. Um, recently, we talked about the team executor mod ship that got teased. Uh, now, neither me nor you had really heard too much of a, about a time frame before this, but I guess kind of like in the midst of a lot of discussion on the forums, they had mentioned that it was planned to come out around uh, spring of 2018. Uh, yes, that's the, that's the only date that we got on it. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really seem too official. They were just kind of like, oh yeah, probably spring 2018 or around there. Or yeah, something like that. So um, recently, uh, Team Executor kind of came out on their official website uh, go to their blog. Um, we have, we'll have the link in the show notes as well. Uh, they yes. basically said that, um, it says here after a few days, uh, or after a few days delayed due to Chinese new year, we have finally received our prototype boards as can be expected from any development cycle. We have experienced a few issues with reliability of our entry point. We will work on refining our method and keep you posted Stay tuned for more exciting news and videos in the coming weeks. We're sorry for the delay, but we are also sure all Switch owners will be delighted by our product. It is worth the wait. So um, I think it's better for them to be coming out sooner than later. Um, It doesn't feel like it was that long ago that they teased this. So uh, I'm not really too bummed out about it. You know, I would much rather get news like this earlier than often and let them perfect it because with the mod chip, I don't think anyone wants a rushed product that could have the risk of breaking your device. Oh, correct. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens on that as well too. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of like talking smack on it as well. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I know at this point we might be going into slight spoiler territory with, uh, with other topics, but at this point there's been including team executor, uh, three groups who have said that they have, you know, the boot ROM exploits and everything. It's been reswitched, fail overflow, uh, and team executor. But out of all of them, only team executor has talked about an actual release. So a lot of people are kind of pushing fail overflow do release or reswitch do release, but they've never said anything about it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying that these groups never said a release date. They never said, Hey, we intend to put this out. They've just proven that they've done it. Right. There are a lot of teases on Twitter that have very, very good proof that they're actually getting something done. But um, that's really about it. They just kind of drop these bombshells on us and (laughs) go back into the background for a little bit. Um, It's really exciting stuff, nonetheless, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. uh, And kind of transitioning out of that, you know, we do have more development in the scene. Thankfully, the Switch has, you know, been blowing up. Um, in the past, you know, six months, it's just been absolutely crazy. And last month, we had talked about how the homebrew launcher, um, I say the official homebrew launcher, was teased. And um, they said that there was going to be a February 1st uh, release date. Now, it got delayed by, I think it was just 
what a couple of weeks or so just came out something a few days like ago. that yeah it wasn't it wasn't too long it wasn't anything super no. detrimental about two weeks delay and then it got released so you can actually go and download the homebrew launcher for the switch now um i haven't checked too from, much this is from pluto i believe isn't it uh yeah i believe so and he if not he was one of the main developers on it um he yeah, was yeah like, yellow the, pluto reswitch and DevKit pro so those are the credits there right uh, so basically, you uh, do it through one of their the WebKit exploits. Uh, you have to put the files on your SD card, change up your DNS, um, and you can boot up, uh, or I guess you can install the Homebrew launcher. Um, I think you have to boot into through the uh, web browser each time you want to run it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But Correct. I haven't been able yeah. to try this myself because I don't have a console with the appropriate firmware. We need to have a we we need to have a modding party one night and do that. I I have my three point dot switch that I haven't done this on yet. I literally just thought about that. I was just like, man, why why haven't you done that? I've kind of forgotten every time we've talked about this that you have one of those laying around. Yeah, a, com yeah, a, a combination of life things and also uh, doing other related modding projects. Whenever I do modding stuff, so I, I've been more on older systems as opposed to newer systems right now, but. It's it's on the to do list. Yeah, I hear you. The to do list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, this works on three uh, I think is it only on three I believe so. It's only on three um, If you're below three you can upgrade using a copy of Pokémon Tournament. Though I haven't seen proof of this, but I figure it's worth a mention. I saw on some forums that people were reporting that uh, some Pokémon Tournament copies were coming with three Actually, no, it says it right here in the FAQ um, of the Homebrew Launcher art, uh, page. Yep. Warning, some very recent copies of the game come with 3.0.1. Be careful. So uh, I'm probably going to pick it up. I need to pick soon. it up as well, too, just to play, but also just it's to have you know one that's on 3.0.1. would be a nice game to have anyway. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I will, grabbing that, um, if you have a console that's higher than 3.0 and you really want to get it, you know, hack it at some point, just leave it on the firmware it is on at right now. We've not heard of anything coming out for above 3.0, but something could happen eventually. Um, otherwise, you know, try and buy it, a console that's still on an early firmware if you can find one. Um, I recently looked on eBay, and there was quite a few of them to pick from, but you're probably going to pay a little bit more than you know, retail price. Absolutely. Yeah, because right now, I think we looked last night at this, and I, I said you pretty much have to pay a Switch to get a Switch, but they were like 325 350 going up to 400 something like that. We were looking at the listings that had sold, not just the ones that were put on there, because we, we saw the some that were put up for sale for like 700 or or $1,000, but those aren't selling. Right, there was one that was $1,025 for a 3.0 Switch. Yeah, no one's, no, 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 one's, no one's paying for that. I Nobody better pay for that, please. Nobody buy that. Please don't. Um, somebody will. I mean, I guess if you have plenty of money and you don't want to worry about it, just, you know, who knows? That's not the life I live, though. I wish. That's not the life I live either. I'd seen, I um, I think a few weeks ago, I'd gotten a, kind of annoyed by this on Twitter, but um, I saw a executor 3 mod chip on ebay for like 100 
it, it was some expensive. It was like 160, 170 bucks, something like that. And it failed to sell the first time. So the seller relisted after 30 days and it ended up selling. And I'm just like, what? Who, whoever bought this, we need to have a stern talking to. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, right here we do have, yeah, no, I can, I can grab this one. So we have some more recent code execution is what it looks like. Uh, I'll go ahead, have everything on screen here. Uh, yeah. but, but, but let me go ahead, focus a on little, all this, whatever it might be. A little be. more than, uh, a little more than code execution these days are going on now. It's what's the most exciting part. Arbitrary trust zone code execution. Yeah. Um, this is from quite, quite sure we're, we're, we're going to say this as best we can, but Cyrus M. So he said, got some good news. Sorry that it takes over a minute for the Linnies. Anyway, I would strongly recommend not updating when new firmware is released. So he ended up linking to a video right here that I'll go ahead and play. And it's mo mostly nothing here. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's like literally, as you can see, the WebKit exploit loads up here and you have to wait about a minute or so. But at the end of this, you end up having a color change, which shows we're getting execution on that. And most notably, this is not on firmware 3.0.0. This is for higher firmwares, you know, up to 4.x, 4.1, something like that. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really promising. Um, I actually forgot that we, we had this in the 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 agenda. So, I mean, there's definitely is hope for you to get this running on higher firmware. I think this still isn't the highest firmware. Um, if I remember right, I think, or maybe it is, maybe it is actually, I can't remember. No, I think we're on five or above, unless I'm thinking of something else. I can't remember. I haven't looked at my switch firmware just cause it updates, you know, automatically. And I don't even really think about it, but, um, <laughs> regardless, you know, if you're on a higher firmware and you're interested in hacking your switch, you may want to like hold on to it at the, at the version it's at right now because yep. we could. It actually says up. here uh, included in. I, I looked it up uh, available now just on the Nintendo site. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I know version 4.1.0. Okay. Does it see? That looks to be the latest one. Yeah, 4.1.0. Okay, so I was mistaken. I think I was thinking of another system than what I was saying over. I was thinking of PS4, my bad, when I was thinking of 5. <laughs> Right, in the video here it says 4.x, so I mean, hopefully that means that um, everything right now is uh, is possibly you know exploitable. But there's yeah. nothing released right now, so we're gonna have to wait and see what happens. Yep, and yeah, no, I'm getting corrected here. Yes, no, I, I I shouted that out myself as well too. Yeah, it's I was thinking of five for PS4, but 4.1 is the latest. So yeah. It, it looks like there, there's execution on that, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, of course, it looks like it's through WebKit, which is just... Everything's you know, WebKit for Switch, but even, like, on just all systems now, everything's WebKit. I know, but I don't... I mean, I, I can't say for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is another, like, old exploit that hadn't gotten patched that, you know, is already... You know, it's already fixed in the upstream WebKit because that seems to be a common trend with this. Is that the stuff is just left wide open? But mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's funny that now that's what's being looked at mainly, and even so for because let's see, we've seen it with Wii U, 3DS, um, PS3, PS4, Switch, um, Xbox One's had 
Not really. It, it was more of a edge vulnerability, not so much a console vulnerability, but it had something related to edge on there. Uh, the point is on there, though, now it just seems to be that's the way to go. And even so, on all these systems, we talked about how the Switch came with a really outdated WebKit. And then even when I talked to some people who worked on the uh, PS3 exploits, they were saying, it's like, yeah, we we looked into this because th- there was nobody had bothered to look at the internet browser, just sat there for years. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty sure. I mean, I guess... I don't know. I, I thought the iPhone yeah, exploited through the web browser pretty early on, so you'd think that people would be paying attention pretty closely after that, but perhaps that was even after all that. Because um, the iPhone was running WebKit, I believe, and that's kind of what sparked a lot of the interest in exploiting things through WebKit. Gotcha. Do you remember right. what firmware that was? Or was this, was this when it was still a firmware, or when it, when it was in iOS? No, it was still like back. This was before it was iOS because okay. that whole stuff went, happened right after I got out of it. Because I had I had the first generation iPod Touch and I was jailbreaking that, so it was like way back then. And that used uh, WebKit. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe I just didn't really pay Maybe, much. I don't attention. remember. I don't think the first gen one did. I think the second gen might have. I know. Okay. I know one of them did because you could just go to a website. That was jailbreak me. That was that was a later one. Was it? Yes, mm. like you literally go to jailbreakme.com mm-hmm. and just swipe. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. But I believe that was a WebKit exploit. Oh, let me even... I'm trying to see... <laughs> I'm just checking it out right here. Yeah, I know. Even if you go to jailbreakme.com, it's, this site is very old by now and does not support recent firmers, but you can still use it. More information. I'm trying to see what firmware it would be for doesn't say on here directly, but I do remember distinctly using this on my iPod Touch, my third generation at one point. Nice. Third generation. Maybe I had a third generation. Maybe I had a first and a third. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. That might have been what it was. Yeah, I think I only had, out of the touches, I only, I only had the third gen. I only had one iPod Touch. First world problem, I only had one. But no, I know people that like kept <laughs> upgrading their iPod Touch. <laughs> Now nobody wants an iPod Touch. Yeah, because at this point, it's the a friend I had this discussion the other day. Uh, he used to say that he would always have a dedicated media device and a smartphone or a phone, whatever it was. Uh, but even so, now it's just there's there's really no reason to have an iPod Touch unless you're a small child and you can't be trusted with a phone. <laughs> But even yeah. so, I know a lot of families where they give their children just really small, um, like, or really old iPhones. So it's like, yeah, the parents have a 6S and the kid has like a 3GS or a 4. Yeah, that's kind of what I see more commonly now, too. Mm-hmm. Back then, though, people were probably on their first generation of smartphone. They probably didn't have an older smartphone. You know what I mean? Now yeah. we've been through this for a while. And so smartphones are just sense. normal now. Mm hmm. And plus for me, like as for the person that you mentioned that would like to have a dedicated media device, I guess if you were hardcore into local media, that'd be cool. But I stream so much of my content and I'm used to that now. And the second that I didn't have data to like stream something that wasn't cached locally, that would be pretty frustrating. You know? or, or maybe even if you're one of those people that's like a hardcore audio file and you're either going to bring a DAC with you everywhere or you're going to get oh gosh, like yeah. that Sony uh, media player that came out a year or two ago and it, it was really expensive but it was designed for like hey 
This is for audiophiles that want to bring their portable media collection as cold storage on the go. This is not for someone who wants to do everything on their phone, have, you know, an okay experience. Right. Yeah. Sadly. I mean, I love good audio, but I'm definitely far more in that camp. Mm-hmm. There's, convenience trumps a lot. Th- th- there's kind of, there, there's two options you can go with. I mean, it's either, yeah, this is going to be kind of inconvenience, but I want the best sound or whatever it might be. Uh, or, this is really convenient. This works with my lifestyle. This is pretty effortless and it's pretty good. Yeah. And when it comes to music like that, like I, I don't declare myself an audiophile. I do notice those things like imperfections and all that, but for the most part, I'm okay with a pretty good experience. Yeah. I would classify myself in the same area. Mm-hmm. Anyways, should we uh, move on to this next topic? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, go ahead and grab that. So, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was that fail overflow kind of had some news. Uh, they were one of the main people that had some stuff on the switch and it looks like they've actually got Linux running pretty well on the switch. Um, this goes back to the uh, exploits that they had mentioned before where they had uh, shown some code execution. They said that it was uh, actually around the boot ROM so that this wasn't going to be able to be patched uh, with just a software update. That it would have to be a hardware revision to actually fix this. Um, now they've got Debian running on there, I believe it was, and um, it, they also got it running with KDE, so they have a full desktop environment. And uh, the Fail Overflow Twitter account posted a video of this, which is pretty cool. Um, KDE I'm going to pop is, it up on screen here. Yeah. Sure. KDE is a pretty sophisticated desktop, and so, I mean, this actually looks like it runs fairly smooth, and this is probably one of the few consoles I'd be really excited to use Linux on, especially if it works with the Switch dock. So you can just take this Linux computer on the go with you and then pop it into a dock and, you know, use it on your TV. I think that would be awesome. So... This is my favorite thing right here where they zoomed into their previous tweet where you were talking about the boot ROM. And yeah, just a recap, they said, in case it wasn't obvious, our Switch cold boot exploit is a boot ROM bug, can't be patched, and currently released Switches doesn't require a mod chip to pull off. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So uh, thank you, Fail Overflow, for the convenient video tying right into what we're talking about. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, there seems to be a lot going on with the switch. So I really hope I don't end up having like three or four switches all for different things. Like just stick have... with two, man, unless you want to get addicted to having a bunch of consoles, <laughs> but I mean, we'll see how it pans out. Right. Cause I'm going to have my main switch and then I'm going to have like, you know, perhaps like custom firmware type, you know, homebrew switch and then maybe a Linux switch. Like how is that going to play out? Maybe I can just reboot into Linux. Maybe I can't, maybe it won't work like that. Like, We'll need to get dual booting and triple booting on the Switch. Yeah, so who knows how that's going to play out, but hopefully I don't end up having a collection. I might end up with a Switch collection like you have an Xbox collection, except it'll take up a lot less space. (laughs) I I see you throwing shade. I like my Xbox collection, Devin. (laughs) It takes up (laughs) so much space, though. It doesn't take up that much space. I'm pretty sure you've told me that you built a fort no, I said I wanted to build a Ford out of them. Okay. Yeah. Correction. <laughs> you could, which implies you could build a Ford out of them. Right now, if I if I do take apart all my Xboxes, I could probably make a Ford out of them. 
but it depends on like i mean it'd be like a fort for guinea pigs or a cat or something but not anything that would sustain like that would protect me from whatever it is i'm trying to protect myself from more xboxes i guess yeah i don't know i just think of zoolander now i guess what is this (laughs) a fort for ants (laughs) yeah but still too many too many yeah just stick with two and we'll see where we go from there but you're still on your first switch so i know i'm taking good care of it i love that thing so much yeah after my last rma mine's been mine's been good so i I hope you have have no complaints about it right now i hope you have good luck from here on out too because that wasn't your first problem i believe that was like your third it wasn't i'm not going to spoil too much on here because um in i do have like later on i have a video talking about my last rma with switch but it's it's toasty i'll say that yeah no i mean you definitely deserve a break there but i've been there too i've had a lot of rma problems with various products in the past i feel like i'm very prone to issues yeah what have you um no i, I remember you told me about all the issues with your 6p yeah i mean i've had issues with the 6p i had issues with the pixel one i had uh I had issues with a bunch of stuff. I've had issues with the phones in the past. I replaced my Switch once, but I still don't know what happened with that. That was really weird. Hmm. Either way, though, it's it's one of those times where with my Switch, I'm just like, yeah, I'm really, really, really happy I decided not to do a case mod or anything else early on because I have I have utilized that warranty. You know, the, my, my Switch is not going to be cracked open or touched at all and, until the warranty is expired on that thing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um which is crazy because I remember like, I mean, even just with my PSP, I did go through quite a few warranties, but um, I don't know. Is Lily done? Scr- no, she's still scratching. All right. There we go. All right. PSP um, warranty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I guess I've never been that big into modding my consoles. I never had to worry about it too much. I've never had, I've had pretty good luck with consoles up until recently. I feel like, I don't well, know. You're you're talking about like well with modding you're talking about like hard mods right yeah 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 okay Actually, okay because I was like modding. wait a minute we've been mod- you've been modding a lot of consoles but you're talking about no. like you know opening like ripping it apart and case modding and all that stuff yeah. I kind of wanted faceplate mods for my PSP back in the day but that never happened I probably would have done that but other than that I've never really actually done a whole lot of hard modding um so I suppose that's kind of been in my favor because I have utilized a lot of warranties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah. It would be nice someday because that's never been something I've actually gotten a lot of experience with. So it'd be cool to solder up some LEDs and stuff like that. I would totally be down to do that with you. Oh man, modding party. Modding party. It'd be awesome. We need to do that shit. I'm telling yeah. you, there are not many people that we could probably do that with. We gotta take advantage of that. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'd definitely be down though. Yeah. Either way, uh, new topic? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's keep going. Yeah. Still some Nintendo Switch stuff, but, you know, lots of news is good news. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this has been with... I'll go ahead and post this up on here. So if you're watching the visual, I'm going to have it up on screen. Uh, this is posted on GBA Temp by T-Hug, but uh, Pirate Group released Switch Master Keys. So 
Underground piracy scene release group known as Big Blue Box have just released a master key for the Nintendo Switch. In their 60th Nintendo game cartridge jump, a process where the group rips all the data from a retail Nintendo Switch cartridge, then uploads it to the internet, is an NFO file, an information requirement when packaging illegal wares. It is in this file that BBB have revealed the first of 32 Nintendo Switch master keys used for firmwares 1.0.0 to 2.3.0. So this is for when they dumped uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 for the Switch. Right here in their release notes, they say, time for another Switch release. So Nintendo Switch needs heroes. It's February 1st, and this is our number 60 release. So let us share something very special with you all. Master Key Zero, and it's censored right here. Uh, but they say that's right. The master key for firms 1.0.0 through 2.3.0. Maybe as time goes on, more keys will come. Other keys are required for the following firms. 3.0.0 has its own key. 3.0.1 to 3.0.2 has its own key. And 4.0.0 to 4.1.0 has another master key. That is all for now. Biggest Switch game so far, though. Enjoy as always. So there we have that. Now... I needed to get some more insight on this and Devin kind of explained this to me. But when we scroll down here a little bit, we ended up finding uh, our friend Cyrus M who said in the interest of misinformation, not spreading everywhere. There are three keys of interest for a given firmware, the master key, the device key, which is console unique and the package one key. The package one key is used to decrypt trust zone. All console unique key data is derived from the device key. All non-console unique key data is derived from the master key and constraints in trust zone sys modules and NAND. The stage two bootloader key that was leaked a while ago was the 1.0 to 2.3 package one key. Knowledge of a master key doesn't allow you to do anything more in terms of gaining privileges on hardware, but it does allow you to derive all non-console unique key data that the switch can derive for that firmware. In more basic terms, Having a master key for firmware lets you decrypt anything on a switch uh, that uh, anything a switch on that firmware could decrypt on your PC. So they're really good explanation from that. So at this point for 1.0.0 to 2.3.0, we have the master key and we have the package one key. The package one key that was from, uh, well, that was leaked out by team executor and probably some other sources mm-hmm. so really the only thing we're missing on that the only key that's missing is the console unique key um so the device key which you can't really leak that out because that's going to be different for every single switch out there right yeah so that's kind of like the similar to the otp on the 3ds and some other similar things like that that we've seen in more recent consoles um yeah, this is really cool. This is um, this definitely like helps somewhat, but it's not a huge, huge release. It's not going to get us immediately closer to anything right now. It just uh, makes things a lot more convenient. You know, we're able to. I'm sure we, the people who had access to this kind of stuff uh, already, could have used the console to dump the firmware if they needed to. Um, but um, I'm sure something will come out of this. I'm sure this helps in some way. So uh, we'll see where we go from there, but um, there's a lot of things coming from a lot of teams from a lot of different sides right now. So it's going to be really crazy to see how all this comes together here soon. Absolutely. What What are you thinking might come next here from anything on this? Oh, maybe not this direct, like this directly here, but just like what we'll see in right. general. 
I mean, it's really hard to say. Uh, I think Team Overflow probably is... I would expect them to be one of the first people to come out with something publicly. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll take their time, you know, a lot longer and someone else will release something first and beat them to the punch just because they have access to something. It's really hard to tell. I couldn't have guessed that all these different things were going to be coming out at the same time, all these different teams. I mean, so often when you see uh, a scene this early on, you'll have like one team that's promising something that everyone's waiting on. But yeah, I know we had um, the the multiple team thing. That's definitely something to keep track on as well, too. I feel like, though, part of that is not only we have, I mean, the Switch is selling gangbusters. We have a lot of eyes on it, not only from gamers and speculators, but also homebrewers, modders, hackers, reversers, whatever they may be. Uh, but also the chip inside there, uh, like the Tegra X1, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NVIDIA yeah, the tech, Tegra X1. The Tegra X1 has been, it's its not a proprietary chip. It's out there. It's been known for a while. It's been very well documented. So I'm sure that's really helping out everything as well, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, in fact, like, um, one of the things that actually shares that chip is the NVIDIA Shield TV. And we have some interesting news about that this week, or yeah, this week as well. We um, do. I'll, I'll let you take a hold of that one. Sure. So I i don't remember if we talked about this at all in re, a past episode, but some of you may have heard about the uh, NVIDIA Shield TV in China getting a couple of GameCube releases, or at least some Nintendo releases. Um, I think Twilight Princess may have been one of them, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, they they have right here. Uh, well, they're bringing these titles. Well, bring titles like New Super Mario Bros., Super Mario Galaxy, Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, Punch Out, and Metroid Prime. Yeah, so there's definitely a couple of decent games, and they are definitely ones that I would say push the GameCube's hardware pretty well um, when they were originally released on there. And now we actually have our hands on these files uh, from the Chinese Nvidia Shield TV. There's a lot of evidence that it's actually running an official GameCube emulator as well. And like we just mentioned, with the NVIDIA Shield TV running the Taker X1 and the Switch running the Taker X1, that really shows that that chip and that whole system has plenty of potential to run those games. Um, and as far as I've heard, the games run fine. They're not laggy. They're, you know, run like they are supposed to. So... This is really exciting news for the Switch, and I think it could be, you know, really promising. I think the see, this threw me for a loop, too, because you linked this to me. And I remember I asked you, like, wait, did someone get, like, I thought, because for some reason, I thought this was streamed. I thought they did this through a Chinese streaming service. But you said, no, that this is an actual APK that is out there that is downloaded onto the system. Yeah, I believe so. Um I don't believe it's run through any other third-party software, though. I... For some reason, when I looked at this uh, like months ago, because I, I remember seeing this, even if we didn't have it on mod chat, maybe some historians can clear this up on here, because I don't... It, it seems very deja vu. I know I looked into this for sure. I don't remember if this is mentioned on mod chat ever, uh, but for some reason, I thought this was, this was on a streaming service. I'm not sure what led me to believe that. But I do remember seeing Twilight Princess playing on the Shield TV. Right, um... Trying to look here. 
Yeah, I mean, even at the bottom of that article, it says, assuming the APK is the real deal, it's not clear what uh, Nintendo might have for a GameCube slash Wii emulator. In any case, it's an incredible discovery. So, yeah, I mean, this is an APK that they have kind of like reverse uh, engineered a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, they even saw like uh, references to a an official well-documented GameCube function called OS Panic. Uh, called by the game when it encounters in a critical error, so there's a lot of evidence pointing straight towards a GameCube emulator. Um, I believe I can't remember if it was said by in this article or not. It or is yes, like it right was. underneath that screenshot. Yeah, um, one of the people who discovered this uh, kind of summed it up really well. If you ask me, said the code leaves pretty much no doubt that the executable is in fact a GameCube emulator a GameCube emulator that runs one of the most demanding games on the cube very smoothly on the same hardware as the Switch. Something tells me that this emulator wasn't created just to emulate two Nintendo games on a niche console in China. Um, So yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'd be very surprised if we don't see something very similar coming to the Switch, you know, I would think in the near future. It's obvious that they've already kind of nailed it on Android, so... Um, you would think that they would have some priority on their platform as well. Mm-hmm. No, we'll we'll see what happens on it. I'm I'm interested to see if people are able to rip this emulator out of there or kind of like do like a repackaged deal or something like that. Because I think when this was previewed before, people were thinking that this was just a straight up port. But now we know that it's an emulator. That is a good point. I know that we have some GameCube emulators for Android out there, but um i haven't tried them so i'm not sure how they run on various different hardware this could lead to some really solid gamecube emulation on android which would be really interesting to see mm-hmm. for sure so that's about the last nintendo well not not so much nintendo but that's about the last kind of switch ish related thing we have for tonight right yeah i think so i think we can move on from that sure so I'll go ahead and I'll um I'll grab what why am I disabling screen share when I was just gonna show this on here again. Uh so we have some Vita related news on here. These are just their tweets from the flow who if you don't know who the flow is, he's thank him if you have a PSP or a Vita. I'll just say that. Uh but he's got uh, some good information on here. So he said, exactly a year ago on February 18th, 2017, I found an user entry point. Two weeks ago, when my university holidays begin, began, I had time for the Vita again and told myself to finally hack 3.67, which, by the way, 3.67 is the latest Vita firmware. Just a day after, I found a kernel vulnerability. It took me exactly two weeks. I worked eight hours a day on it to exploit 3.67. So, yes, I have got a full chain exploit for 3.67, and I did this without even using a dev kit. I will release it, but not anytime soon. I'd say at the end of this year, or maybe even next year. The only thing I can do sooner is to port Enzo to four uh, to 3.65 that you will be able to install from 3.6, if and only if I have got time. The thing is, university starts tomorrow uh, tomorrow again, so I will not have a lot of time for the scene. Don't push me, see ya. And he also had some other 
things to say on this as well too so he'd said not trying to bluff but i guess i wasn't clear enough and confused some people i have already got tai hinkaku running on 3.67 the custom firmware was designed by molecules such that once you have got kernel execution it's only a matter of updating nids and offsets so it's not take me one year to port hinkaku as interpreted by many people it's take me one year to watch the state of the vita since it'll soon be the end of life of this console Porting Enzo, not Hinkaku, is something that will take time. So for anybody who's on the latest firmware, that is definitely good news and something in the horizon. We know it's out there, and the flow has said, you know, he'll he'll port the stuff. I mean, Vita Shell has been ported. Um, Hinkaku, he said he would release this in the next year or so. It's really now at this point if anyone's going to beat him to that or if you kind of want to just wait and see what's going on, or I know Exit he had linked this to me. Um, it, it's it's really either the, the option you have is wait for a 3.67 update for all this stuff for the Vita, or get a 3.6 board for like $30 and replace your motherboard. So it's up to you. But if you're not one to do any of that hacking trickery and you're patient, that's a really good, like it, it, it's good that we're seeing this here. Uh, to me, it was interesting that he's saying, you know, he has everything, but he's going to sit on it for a year just to see what's going on with end of life. Yeah, no, I mean, it's some of the best news that you can have. You just have to be patient, you know, and you'll get rewarded with that eventually. Um, I think he's doing a free salt thing by trying to make it so that uh, as many people as possible will have access to this in the long run, not the short term. Though I do find, I, I mean, I just want to reflect back on how he said that because i wish i could like confidently speak like he does just saying i had the time to hack a vita and just after a day i started i found a uh, kernel vulnerability like i wish i wish i could say that sometime <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's it's obvious he knows what he's talking about he's been around for a while he's he's you know got plenty of clout so um just be patient if you're in that position and don't want to like you said don't want to rip apart PS Vita, because that's always going to have at least some risk. Yeah, it's it's been interesting on here because um, as I was telling Devin about this prior, but um, he's saying he's kind of just you know looking to see what's going to happen with end of life, and that's because Sony's been actively they they patch they even though everyone says the Vita's a dead platform. When this came out, they end up patching the firmware pretty swiftly, and they've had several revisions since then. So now, as we saw here, 3.67 is the latest firmware. But I think one thing he's probably looked at, like the flow in reference here, is PS3 exploit when that team released their um, software for the latest PS3 firmware. Uh, at this point, there's still no PS3 update, and that's been out for months at this point. Uh I myself thought that Sony would come out and randomly, not randomly, but just like kind of somewhat immediately put out an update to patch all that. But no, it's still out there. If anything, what Sony is doing is if you go online with a jailbroken PS3, they're, they're being more heavy handed and they're doing console bans. I don't know about account bans, but they're also doing IP bans for once as well, too, uh, on the PS3 side of things. But they haven't put out a update. It Maybe it'll be something like the PSP where for the PS3 and maybe after this is released for the Vita, like two or three years down the road, we'll just randomly get one update that patches one thing and then people are able to work around it really quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who knows? Um, 
it's kind of interesting to see how uh, Sony has treated the PSP in its later years too. So never know what could happen. Yeah, because I I remember that. Do, do you remember that happening, or at least hearing about it, where three dot well six dot six for the PSP was the latest firmware for a while, and everyone just said, "Oh yeah, update to the highest firmware," and then just run these files, and you have a custom firmware system, and then just randomly out of the blue, randomly, mm-hmm. Sony put out three like six dot six one, and within just a few days, all the custom firmwares were updated to work on it. Yeah. No. Uh... I, I watched that happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't even give it a try. Like I said, kind of the PSP is one of those pieces of modding debt that I have. But um, I was watching that happen, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, I mean, I wasn't too worried about it because I figured like most of the PSPs on the market, or pretty much all of them, would have probably stayed on a low enough firmware for a long time. Um, so it wouldn't have been a big deal, even if we didn't get anything out of it. But I remember them specifically saying the people who released the exploits for the new version, they were like, yeah, I mean, they didn't really do a whole lot. They just patched the one entry point we were using and nothing lower than that. And we had several entry points like, you know, in our back pocket. So we just released another one and that was it. So they didn't patch the kernel exploit or anything like that. It was only the most top level uh, entry point. That's what happened with uh, what firmware was it uh, on the Wii U as well too? Going from five dot five dot one to five dot five dot two, there was pretty. I mean, there was the kernel exploit was still there. Um, there was another exploit that was still in place or vulnerability, I should say. So kernel vulnerability was still there. Really, the only thing they patched was one thing in the WebKit, and people were able to find their way around that as well too. So it got patched out and it was more like, Hey, we're going to like haphazardly patch this portion here, but it's more just to kill off Meavers. Mm-hmm. Right. Years later, I still have no idea what the hell 6.6 to 6.6, like 6.61 for the PSP did. I, I still don't know what the point of that update was. I'm not pretty sure that was it. I mean, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the latest. I mean, it probably was just, some boss somewhere saying, well, we I was told we have to at least do something. Well, we don't want to do a lot. Well, do something. Okay, we did something. And that was about it. <laughs> Someone got really high and they're just like, yeah, we got the budget for it. Let's put out something to patch on PSP. And everyone yeah. just had to like dust off their dev kits and get to work on fixing it. <laughs> Maybe some dude just did it over the weekend was like, hey, boss, I'm going to have, have this. And like, eh. Why not? They they had they had the intern do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he only patched the entry point. Exactly. Patch the rest. Yeah. Well, it's just like, hey, you told me to patch this one thing. I did. So. Yeah, I know that that kind of reminds me of um, one thing I was because as I've said a few times, I've been looking back at older systems recently and messing around with those. But um, on the PSP, Devin, did you ever look into uh, how Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories was used for a few of the downgrade exploits? Uh, I, don't, I mean, I knew about them, but I never actually did it. So I never had the actual physical game. So it was used twice, and the first time it was a save... It, each time it was a save game exploit, but different type of entry, I guess. Um, 
I guess the entry was the same, but okay. It, it, it was executed different somehow. Point is, the first time I never used that, but the second time when it came around, this time it was completely patched up, but it was firmware 3.03. And I looked into this the other night, just I was randomly looking at like archived pages and such. And I guess the way that this group ended up finding it was, uh, in short, to simplify it, the way Grand Theft Auto Liberty City Stories was loading was um, they were able to utilize a save game exploit to get kernel access on there, and it was patched. But they said that game save slot 1 through 7 were patched. Game save slot 8 was not patched, and slot 8 auto loads. So they just kind of figured out an exploit and moved it into slot eight and then had that automatically load when you booted up the game. And there, they were able to use it a second time. Wow, that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I was just, I was thinking of that when you were, uh, when you were mentioned, we were talking about just like patching one entry point, but it was like, yeah, no, why, why didn't you patch all of this, the points here? Why did you only patch the first seven? There was one more slot that was right there. <laughs> code probably wasn't structured well enough they just didn't even see it i guess not didn't think about it didn't have good testing didn't have good qa terrible all the way up the stack <laughs> anyways uh we do have a little bit more um i guess ps vita news here we do um, it looks like henkaku has actually gone open source which is pretty interesting so um Mr. Mario just pulled up Yifan Lu's blog here where he goes into detail about, I guess, just kind of Hinkaku in general. Um, I haven't gone too deep into this one. This is uh, an article that I wish I could have spent more time on, but it's pretty lengthy. So it looks like he breaks down like pretty much every layer of the software and, you know, how they did, what they did, why, what the vulnerabilities are. Um, yes yeah everything on there not only just like you know hinkaku but tai hinkaku adding that in, and then also enzo as well too which enzo is the permanent patch cold it's the permanent cold boot patch that you could put on there right so it's pretty lengthy um i really want to actually spend some time and read it just for curiosity's sake so um you know if you're into some of the more technical side of things i definitely recommend checking it out like everything else I'm sure we'll have in the show notes um, we will yes but if you go to the Hinkaku GitHub, Enzo is on there. So Hinkaku and Enzo are both open source now. So Yeah, that's really cool. So <laughs> uh, it's, and this is the kind of thing, too, I think. You know, I'm not too surprised that it's gone to open source. Um, but I think it's good to, or maybe not good, but I don't think it's a bad thing to keep it closed source for a while. I gave them plenty of time to mature the software themselves and not you know, have people start forking and modifying something that, is incomplete and still needs a lot of work. Um, so now, you know, any work that comes off this, any kind of forks, anything like that will be based on a, you know, pretty mature product. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree with that as well too, but it's, it's nice that we finally got this out there and everything, but you can tell that they, uh, team molecule, everyone that worked on this, they definitely put a lot of heart, a lot of effort into all this here. And like, just, I, I follow the guys on Twitter and just, 
the whole progression of you know up to release putting it out there and having it just run so cleanly and be extremely reliable just every bit of effort they put on there is absolutely admirable because one of the things they said they, they were just like yeah we don't want a bunch of different forks we don't want like 80 different firmers on there we want this to be clean we want it to operate properly we don't want there to be issues but uh it's originally called hinkaku and then they ended they it they popped a taihin on there so it's tai hinkaku which is the full thing uh and that's kind of the excuse for having a custom custom firmware uh what tai does is it allows you to add in plugins and customize it to your liking so they said yeah that way you can just grab hinkaku and then you can customize it however you want to there's not going to be all these different custom firmers it's still the same custom firmware base but every user can deploy it and you know customize it however they want to for their own liking yeah, no, that's uh, really well said. Um, I think, you know, as long as it's done really well, I wonder if that's probably the better approach for the community from the beginning. I think I've seen trends where we've gone more like that, a little bit more modular. Um, even there's stuff even like in the smartphone communities where you'll see that a lot more where uh, there's something called exposed for Android where you could just install these modules on top of it instead of, you know, getting someone else's custom firmware they made. So I think it's a pretty interesting idea. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I, I think um, I, I would agree with you that this is, at least in this instance, because it's been so cleanly done, this would be the best way of doing it. Because now at this point, you know, even with the PSP, for example, um, I know I keep going back to that, but you know how right now there's two main custom firmers out there's pro and lme but even lme is derived from me and then uh, we had m33 and dark alex's firmers and everything before that so there's just kind of there's some established ones but there's still kind of a sea of a mess of custom firmers you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah like hinkaku is at the point where and they've been extremely transparent and open about it but if you give a PSP, some, not PSP, PS Vita to someone uh, and they want to mod it up or someone gets hold of it, they want to try it out, they start looking it up. Uh, what is the custom firmware solution I need to put on there? Hinkaku. What if I want to add plugins? Taihin. What if I want to have cold boot? Enzo. That's it. But even though it's that simple, it's so extremely modular and customizable where you don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, it feels like a very professional solution, which is always nice to see in the modern community. Um, definitely, there's a lot of good people on the scene, obviously. I'm a really big fan of Yifan Lu's work, too. So um, I think this is really good. Um, kind of transitioning to one of our last topics here, actually, there is one other thing that kind of has utilized this plugin system. Um, I think the developer's name is, I could say, right, maybe Michelle. I would, they say, I would say that's appropriate. Right. So they released a um, new project. It's an alpha right now, and it's for the Wii U. Essentially, there are a bunch of plugins out there that uh, I guess you can only use one at a time right now on the Wii U. Um, stuff like uh, Swap DRC, which is what we t we talked about this a couple episodes ago, I think. Um, and basically, it would switch whatever is on the TV onto the gamepad for you. Um, so, like, <laughs> so it's like the Wii U's a switch, right? Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like a 
it, it wishes it was the Switch. It really wants to be the Switch. But, you know, there are certain games that uh, don't support really that gamepad play at all. So um, that's pretty cool. But you can only use that. Uh, you know, there's all, a bunch of other plugins like SD Caffeine, TCP Gecko, and you can only use one of those at a time. This new project is essentially, um, uh, I don't know if there's an actual real name for it yet, but uh, on their GitHub, they call it a Wii U plugin system. And it lets you uh, load several of these plugins at once so that, uh, you know, you're not limited to that kind of functionality. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, hopefully we see something like that develop more and it kind of goes right along with the trend we were just talking about. Yeah, so modular Wii U stuff now. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> it's nice to see that console still kicking. I know that um, a lot of attention went to the Switch when it came out, but um, that's another piece of modding debt that I have that I'm excited to actually <laughs> get up to date and, you know, see what I can do with it and just play around with it. You know, it's funny. I had a friend come over the other night and he saw like I, I have a couple we use and I have them both on my desk here. And he looked, he's like, oh, there's two we use. I said, yes. And he asked what I have them for. I was like, well, one of them was custom firmware. The other one wasn't, even though they're both modified at this point, but they're on different firmwares. He's like, oh, that's the most we use I've seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ever. Maybe ever. There, yeah. there, there's never been two Wii U's in a room. Right. Yeah, I know. It's kind of sad. Um, Wii U didn't get a lot of love. I really enjoyed the console. Um, but I understand why. It just makes me that much happier that uh, the Switch is getting so much positive attention, though. It makes up for it 100%. Same. And even, like, some people have asked about getting a Wii U. I'm just like, eh, if you... Like, the people who've asked me have a Switch... It's kind of hard to recommend it now, I guess, because my thing is if you can get a Wii U for cheap, like $100, $150, something like that, sure, whatever. It's it's cool to have in the collection. It still has good games on there. Um, but several of my friends who have Switches, they've asked us, like, hey, should I get a Wii U? I'm like, no, you, you have a Switch. Why would, why would you get a Wii U? And I'm one of those people where I like to pick up you know, older consoles and mess around with them and whatever. And if it was myself in that position, I would probably, again, I would pick up a Wii U if I found one for cheap. But if it was buying a Wii U at full price or whatever it is, no, I wouldn't, at least not for a while. Yeah, and the worst question I get is, like, people who are starting to get a little interested in uh, Nintendo again after hearing about the Switch, and they're like, well, I don't want to buy a Switch yet, but should I get the Wii U? And it's just like, oh, no, probably not. You should probably just save your money and save up for a Switch because you'll be much happier. I feel like in several years, uh, the Wii U is going to be, and it's probably looked at it now, but I think it's going to be more prevalent where the Wii U, a lot of people cite it as the Sega Dreamcast of Nintendo systems because it just it didn't sell that well, but it had really kick-ass games. And I think on the kick-ass game portion, I can agree with it being a Dreamcast, but I would almost more side with it being the Sega Saturn of the Nintendo lineup. Because there's a lot of people who I'm sure in like five years time, they'll be like, yeah, no, I love Nintendo. I had every system. I had N64. I had the GameCube. I had the Wii. I had the Switch. And people will say, well, what about the Wii U? And like, there will just be a large group of people that will just be mind blown. They'll be like, wait, what the hell is the Wii U? How did, how did we, this was a system. It wasn't an add-on. It was an actual console. Like, how did we miss this? When yeah. did this exist? When did this come out? And the reason why I say that is a lot of people had that. Even I myself, I had that when I first discovered the Sega Saturn. Like, I knew kind of about the Master System. 
I knew about the Genesis, of course, all the add-ons, uh, and then the Dreamcast. But there was this weird area, and I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, this time, that's when Sega was experimenting with their add-ons. But when I found out they had an actual console around that time period, that missing block of time, which was the Saturn, I was just mind-blown. that There was an entire console that just went right underneath all of us. How long ago was that that you found out about it? I'm just kind of curious. I want to say it was probably high school. So that really? would have been like seven, eight years ago, yeah. So I had a friend when I was in elementary school who had a Sega Saturn. Um, really? Yeah. And I remember we only played a couple games on it. There was like a robot game where you could like customize this robot and like battle each other. We only played a couple games on there. But even then, I remember then as a kid, I was mind blown that there was a Sega, like a Sega Saturn existed because I had a Sega Genesis. I had never heard of this thing. And so it's funny that you say that about being in high school because it's way later. <laughs> so I have a system that's kind of like that then. Um, do, do you know much about the 3DO? Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, I know it exists, but okay. I don't know much about it. So my. Uh, elementary school equivalent is and th this how bad the, the Saturn was for this then. I knew about the 3DO long before I knew about the Sega Saturn because I went over like a friend of mine ended up picking um, what is it? He, he got one from a family friend and I just remember we were talking about this and uh, he was trying to tell me what system it was and I kept saying I'm like no you have a Sega CD like I kept insisting it was that based on his description and then I went to his house and he shows me this 3DO and I I had no idea it was a thing but yeah I, I knew about the 3DO long before I knew about the Saturn that's pretty cool um, yeah I've never seen one of those in person yeah. you never know what quirky stuff people are going to have yeah never know and uh, thanks to Executioner in the chat. He's one of our mods, and he said it sound the game that I was talking about sounds like Robo Pit, which was available on the Saturn and PS One. And okay. I looked it up, and yeah, that's definitely it. So, oh, awesome! Yeah. Executor helping everyone out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no, I, I had no idea because I when you explain that to me, I had no idea what that was. I've never played that game. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was fun. I mean, haven't played it since I was pretty young, so it could be actual total garbage, but. Mm -hmm. um, kind of want to try it out again now. Yeah. Speaking of uh, weird, quirky things, though, this is uh, the last topic we had on here. Then afterwards, we're going to go into uh, user Q and A and all that stuff, or I guess uh, you know, people who are commenting Q a Q and A session. That's it. Uh, but big shout out to uh, the mod shop here, who's he's he's always a lawyer, listener, and watcher, and everything in here. But uh, he he went viral about two weeks ago. So he has this imager post, I say imager, um, but it is Xbox 360 slim with built-in LCD screen. And it is this project that he had commissioned where this is a RGH system where of course he took the slim, he reset glitched it, and then he ended up putting in this LCD screen right here where you can play on it. Um, he has the entire build process here. It was funny because he was like, we were talking over Discord and like over like the few weeks he was working on this, he was sending me all the update pictures and everything. So that board looks really familiar, by the way. I'm pretty sure I've used something like that. But it has him, you know, going into all of this, getting the parts, doing the cutouts, um, getting everything set up on here, tested and everything as well, too. Uh, and it's interesting to see. 
Now, for anybody who's arguing practicality use, it's it's not very practical. It's more just something cool to look at. Like it's in composite, I believe he told me, and there's no sound on it, unfortunately. It'd be really cool if you could do like some type of HD signal or if there was a uh, sound on it. But either way, it was something that he ended up posting it on a few subreddits and then it just blew up. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, I mean, it's a pretty cool idea. So, it, I mean, I could see how that happened, but yeah, um, like you said, this guy's always in the chat, um, following him on Twitter. So it's cool to see him get so much attention, um, you know, and it made it seem like it was super easy. Like, yeah, it wasn't too bad. You know, just worked on this, you know, like easier than I thought, you know, subtle brag, but it's really cool. Um, it looks good too. So. Well, also, so brag like this guy. He just he knows how to do everything. Like I, I talk with him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this." I'm like, "Dude, you know, you know how to do like everything. What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to see like you know someone just. I think executioner just mentioned that too. I was just thinking about it. Um, make like a uh, an Xbox laptop next, like one of the ones that Ben Heck did back in the day. Uh, he made an Xbox laptop. Yeah, I know. That's when, <laughs> No, yeah, no, 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 no. Modshot made an Xbox laptop. Oh, he did? Yes. Oh, man. See, I'm already... <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, That's pretty no. cool. Uh, other people challenge him to do that. They're just like, oh, yeah, now you need to do an Xbox laptop. He's like, I actually did that a few years ago. Here's pictures of it. Oh, man. I see. Now I gotta go check that out. That's awesome. <laughs> so, already on top of the game. Yeah. That's I really mean, cool stuff. Yeah. Let me find it real quick. What I'll do is while I'm looking have, for this. Oh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, do you have like any of the Reddit posts handy? I'm I'm curious to see how many like upvotes he got. I'll have to I'll have to link that to you real quick. I'm trying to find this on here. Testimonials, whatever it might be. Either way, it's all good. Um at least from that image or post though, it had over three hundred and fifty thousand views on it, so Reddit either loved it or hated it. You know, Reddit's Reddit, or the hell it is. Unless Modshop, hey, if you wanna if you wanna drop the Reddit link down below, feel free to do so. Yeah, I think some of our work here. I found it finally. I found it. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and pop this up on screen for anybody who's checking out the visual. But this is Very the nice. Xbox 360 laptop he did. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, now it's looking good. I rock with it. Yeah, man, ahead of the game. You're right. This guy is nuts. But that's why he makes the big bucks. <laughs> big bucks, indeed. Either way, um, what we'll do here is... Sorry, I'm kind of winding down. I'm getting a bit tired from everything. <laughs> that's yeah. my own fault, though. Uh, but no, at this point, we are out of topic. So uh, for anybody who is in live chat here, this is normally how it goes. There's people who are familiar with this and people who are brand new. If you're brand new, thank you for coming by. And also, if you're a frequent viewer here, we welcome you back. And thank you for your continued viewership and support. It's always awesome. But this is the part of the show where people can ask us questions and we answer them. And we'll try and answer as much as we can on there for the next 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Uh, for anybody who is watching the already completed version of this, whether it's on YouTube or you're listening to it through your favorite podcast app, if you ever want to ask us live questions, uh, try to come out to one of the shows here that we do. And near the end, normally we spend maybe an hour 15, an hour 30 minutes talking about topics. And then we spend the next 
30 to 45 minutes taking user questions. So good time to get in whatever you want to out there. Yep, absolutely. So um, I don't know. Do you see any questions rolling through right now to start us off? I mean, quick one is, can you jailbreak a PS3 Super Slim? No, absolutely not. And if you follow the tutorial for that, it'll explicitly tell you many times you cannot do that. So there oh, you go. It, it looks like they just got slammed with nose. So <laughs> Epic Martin 7 is asking, did you guys buy Bayonetta 2 on the Switch at launch? That is no. unfortunately a no for me. No for me as well. It sounds interesting. I've actually never played Bayonetta, though. Um, oh, it's good. Yeah, I keep hearing that it's good, but I don't know why. Like, I didn't know anyone that was really a Bayonetta fan growing up or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I've been wanting to try it. It's just, I've got more things than games that I'm behind on right now. So um, I've slowed down on my purchases for the time being just because I've got a backlog right now. Same here with me uh, for multiple reasons. I didn't purchase it. I'm going to purchase it eventually, but it's more like, I just look at all the games I have right now that I'm not playing. I'm like, I need to be a bit frugal and play what I have before I buy games and add them onto the pile of games yeah. that I'm not going to play. My my yeah. exception most times is like cheap games with thrift stores, but with new games, I'm like, no, I don't want to buy this game for 60 bucks. And then by the time I get around to playing it, I could have just bought it from the store now for 20. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of the same way. There's not going to be a shortage of these games. So especially absolutely. with the, especially with the eShop. Just the way I go. I, I I'm a physical person, so that's important to me. If if it's hard to find a physical copy, that's when I get annoyed. Yeah, understand that. Yeah. Uh, what days are mod chat? So we don't really have a specific date for that. Normally, what we do is we just kind of put it into a Wednesday somewhere in the middle of the month. So normally around some time in the middle of the month, we do that. Um, the last episode though, we did that on a Tuesday because of scheduling conflicts. But most time it's on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah, that's what we try and shoot for. Um, we usually, I don't know, it's kind of like an ad hoc thing because uh, we just try and make sure that we can schedule something. Usually we get about, you know, a week, a few days notice and we just make sure everything's dialed in before we uh, make any promises on when we air this thing because we're both pretty busy. So usually it works out, but uh, last month was a good example of um, why it was better to stay a little flexible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like not having a fixed date on that, so scheduling is fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a nice surprise. You never know when much uh, is going to drop. It's true. Although I'm trying to get a little bit better with it. Like, I, I would have, I'll be honest, this is kind of my own fault. I would have put this out, because this is Wednesday right now. I would have put out the notification for this on Monday. But by the time I got to my computer, I didn't even turn on my computer on Monday. I was just so dead tired where I put out a tweet. By the way, follow me on Twitter if you're not. Um, but I put out a tweet and I'm just like, yeah, guys, my chat's this Wednesday. I'll put out a notification tomorrow. I'm really tired. I'm I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. That's understandable. You've been busy, man. Yeah. yeah I try. I try. Someone's asking. I'll, I'll get to the other questions. But can you be more on time when you do my chats? I don't I, I like we are on time. I mean, we pick random days, but it's always at 7 or 7.01. So I'd say we're more on time. Like, we're pretty good with punctuality. It's just picking the day is different. Yeah, even so, like, there's been, like, a couple of times where I've even flown in here just, like, a couple minutes before start time. I don't think we've ever been more than one minute over. Yeah. Or even 
I, th I think with with you, yeah, no, we've been like maybe like seven o two was the latest we ever started. Yeah, if that. I don't know if it ever even hit seven o two. Maybe, 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 possibly. But you yeah. want to uh, grab a few of the questions here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one that was directed at you from Donald Green. Um, are you drinking Soylent? I am indeed drinking Soylent. I did not have dinner, so this is my dinner. Mm, you know what that does to your stomach. I've heard the stories. Mm. No, I'm, I'm not really that affected by it, though. Yeah, I, I the record, I've also drank a decent amount of Soylent, too, and um, I never really had an issue. I don't know. It's uh, like when, when people complain about like, oh yeah, you can't eat at this place because it's going to wreck your stomach. I'm like, maybe you should eat a little healthier, man. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, yeah, no, uh, same here. So um, I've actually been drinking a lot less. I've had like my same box of Soylent for over a month now. I've, I haven't drank any of it in a while. Um, I just haven't been in, in the mood and need more solid food. I understand. Good. Though I did yeah. have a health, I had a health assessment at work recently and they were just like, you are like near super Saiyan. And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I remember you told me that. That's dope. Super healthy. Oh, let's see what. Are... Yeah, no, um, I, I, I've been, even now I'm not super hungry. It's just like probably about 20, 30 minutes ago, I started getting a headache. I'm like, Oh, I need, I need to put something in yeah. my stomach something needs to be there that's that's a food headache um there's one question here from gina what's your profession um i don't know if uh you want to delve into that but i'm fine with talking about kind of what i do uh as a day job i basically just do software development um so programming on the computer all day you know I work with database stuff. I work with websites. I work with web services on the whole nine yards. So, yeah. And I mean, yeah, with, with what I do, I'm a technical consultant and I'm more in the healthcare sphere. And aside from that, I'm a part time follower of Lil Be the Base God. And I, I like to ship post sometimes. So, hmm. that sums my life up pretty well. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. Let's see. Got a lot of people in here, but not a lot of questions this week, man. What's what's the deal, guys? Let's... Really, I can I can yank a few out here. So it was asked, this was answered on here. But are you going to do a video on PS4 jailbreak? Uh, well, I've done some older ones on 1.76. I'll do 4.05 ones, or maybe something newer. Um, I have all my videos planned out for March. Jail jailbreaking is not going to be in there. Maybe April or May. Um, you, you don't you don't follow like uh, with new exploits most of the time like if people are annoyed with that it's like look I'm not doing new stuff right now I'm doing older stuff and I've had like a list of videos out right now so there, there's plenty of videos that, like from other people that have jailbroken the PS4 and if you want it like now I mean the content's available if you want to follow whatever I'm doing then it's all good but I'm just kind of doing whatever I feel like doing right now in terms of content yeah well said I think you're in a pretty good creative stride right now too. So, oh, well, thank you. Definitely want to appreciate it. Definitely got to roll with that. Uh, there's another question here from Tristan. When Linux comes to the Switch, would you use it as a daily driver laptop? I kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, obviously, um, depends on what it, you know you end up being able to do with it. What 
you know, proves useful, whether, I don't, I don't know if there's going to be keyboard attachments or anything like that coming out, who knows what, uh, you know, could come with that. But I would think, I would like to try and see if I could find some use out of using Linux on that. Um, just being able to take it with you, be portable and being able to dock it. Um, it's kind of like a really cool convergence like uh, uh, experience at that point. Uh, and I know KDE scales pretty well too, so it should be able to transfer from a small screen to a large TV uh, without much of a problem. Um, so I don't know if you have any opinions on that. I would not use it as a daily driver. I, I, I try it out for fun and see how it is, but I would not use it as a daily driver. That's me though. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. I think it definitely could have a certain specific use, you know, um, you find the right thing. It could be really awesome, but probably not for like a regular laptop. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I, I guess, Devin, this would be more directed towards you because you're the programmer here, but uh, is programming hard? <laughs> uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think I, I myself would answer yes, but that's me. I don't really have a programmer mindset. I tried programming yeah. for a bit like in the profession it just wasn't for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, I remember it being fairly difficult when I started, but I guess the thing was that I don't know the first time I got anything working at all, anything I got, anything compiled, anything running, um, it gave me such a good rush and like, I loved it so much and it was very intrigued. So even though it took me a while to get even the most basic kind of hello world thing working, um, which it was more difficult than probably it should have been because the first piece of software I ever wrote was PSP homebrew in C. And I quickly realized that that was probably a little out of my element. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of like uh, started using Lua on the PSP, but I was still, I mean, it's not how most people start, I guess, development. Um, it was really difficult, and once I got it, uh, once I got it going for the first time, it kind of like, you know, encouraged me to keep going. And um, I think a lot of it is about just time investment. You know, it's not something that anyone's going to pick up overnight. Um, no matter what, you've got to spend a lot of time learning it and getting a lot of different experience across a lot of different development areas because there's so many different things you can do with programming and a lot of different stuff is, you know, writing front end web, uh, websites is very different from writing back end web services. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you have, uh, if you, you know, end up liking it, if you have like, you know, the patience for it and something that tickles your fancy, um, it'll come naturally and it won't be that hard. Yeah. It's a mindset for sure that you need to be into. It, it's something anyone could do, but to do it like day in day out as your profession, like it's um, depends on what you want to do. If that's how it is, that's how you're thinking and everything else. Um, because anyone can be a coder, but to be like a really skilled programmer such as yourself, uh, it takes a different league of person. So just depends on if that's what you want to do. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. yeah. No, that's why it's like anyone can program, not but like you, you need to program well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's how a lot of it starts too. Uh, you know, I worked on a lot of open source stuff and just tweaking different things. Uh, you know, dealing with homebrew and modding and stuff like that. I would find various different projects online, kind of try and learn from them. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of uh, stuff with the Android custom ROMs for a while. 
where I was cherry picking different features from different projects and kind of building my own uh, custom version of Android just for practice. Um, I even helped out a couple uh, friends that were worked for custom ROMs a little bit. Um, so, you know, you, you can always start with coding and that's definitely a good place to begin. Um, and I think if you like programming enough, it will just become a natural transition. Yeah. I'll go ahead and grab a Machop's question here, but uh, what is your favorite gaming system? So are you going to answer or are you grabbing it for me? I'm, I'm thinking right now. I mean, you can answer too. It's kind of like half and half. I was like, well, Devin, maybe you can answer first as, I, as I'm also kind of thinking about it. Switch or PSP? Yeah, I'd probably it's... say it's pr pretty much the same thing on there for me. I mean, we could even say both. Switch is a console, PSP is a handheld. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. some people are just like, oh, yeah, no, the PSP is a handheld, so that doesn't count. I'm like, okay, Switch. You're twisting my arm. Switch. <laughs> Switch is a handheld. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, it's, yeah, um, it's know, right there. Yeah. Maybe, um, I don't know, ho hopefully it doesn't change. Maybe in the next few years, I don't know. Like, I might not like the Switch as much. I have no idea if it if it was, like, any others underneath it. Uh, yeah. Probably the, PS, probably the PS1. Hmm. Yeah, see, I think Dreamcast, for a lot of it has to do with nostalgia, honestly. And, like, where I was in my life when I played the Dreamcast a lot. Dreamcast is really up there too for me. Um, I didn't get a Dreamcast until way later. I was like sixteen or something when I got one. Um, long after it had died. So yeah, we had one uh, launch year. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so we, you know, I, I played Sonic Adventure right out the gate. I played Jet Grind Radio right out the gate. Um, all that good stuff. So. I was I was a pretty big fan. Shenmue, Shenmue was really really cool. I don't I think I had any school friends that had a Dreamcast. Unfortunately, it was yeah, uh, yeah like either PS One and sixty four. I was the one who was kind of ahead of the curve because I was talking about the PS Two. Like I got to rent one from Blockbuster back in the day. I thought it was cool as hell, and I got an Xbox. But yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really know anyone else either. Um, but I don't know. It fit, it fit like what I wanted out of a, a game console really, really well. And we had, I mean, I'm trying to think. We had, we had a PlayStation 1, we had a Nintendo 64, we had the Dreamcast. So that generation, I guess we, were, we did pretty well. But I really liked the Dreamcast, and it was very uncommon. And I was always walking around with those little VMUs because I was a little kid. <laughs> did you actually play the VMU games on there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I don't know anyone that played those because um, yeah. like the only times I used VMUs was to save. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I the, I played the one. There's a Chow mini game for Sonic Adventure. I think I played that one the most. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those were those were neat, and I was probably like, I don't know, I was like eight years old or something, about eight years old. Yeah, walking around cool. with one of those in my pocket. It's like a little tiny Game Boy. See, I mostly knew Sega at that time, like that young. I mostly knew them for the arcade games they had. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I like Sega. I like the Dreamcast. Yeah, good system. And uh, Genesis was good, too. Yeah, Genesis was great. <laughs> it's still, it's still a great system, but yeah. 
Looks like we got a couple more questions in here. Um, Hidden Resolve asks what the best MOBO for the Xbox 360 to use dual NAND RGH is, which would be right up your alley. Sure, I'll, I'll yank these these two because I think these are more directly towards me. Um, if, you, if you want a, what the hell is it? If you want a fat system, Jasper. If you want a slim system, Trinity. Uh, since I got a question, well, yeah, Executioner said, since I still get questions on Twitter about Unirom, do you ever look at that no-cache PSX replacement ROM? I did not. I think I updated my Unirom one time. for This is for the original PlayStation. It's like you can take one of these parallel I.O. carts and reflash it so that it essentially becomes... A flash cart wouldn't be appropriate. I would more call it like a removable mod chip, so to speak, because um, you just pop into the back, and when you turn on the system, it boots up into a different type of BIOS, and you can just run your games from there. Uh, but no, I didn't try no cash replacement. So I should try it at one point. I just haven't. It's a lot of stuff. One thing, though, um, favorite Chinese knockoff gaming system. Do you have any experience with knockoff gaming systems? No, I don't. I've seen plenty of them, but, you know, it's not anything I ever felt like investing my money in. Or even really, I guess, there's not really any that extremely stood out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, um... Favorite, probably... Actually, hold on, hold on. I have the box right here. I just realized I have it, like, it's it's been a few feet away from me. Right, this thing right here, the Revo K101 Plus. Devin, do you know anything about this? Is that a Game Boy Advance? Yes. Knockoff. Exactly. Yeah. It's a Game Boy Advance knockoff, and it plays game like original Game Boy Advance cartridges, and then you can load the ROMs on there and all that other stuff. I don't have it in the box. I have it elsewhere. Uh, it's great though. It's a really awesome Game Boy Advance variant, and I don't remember the exact price on it, but for what I paid, I was pretty happy with it. Although I tried several other emulators, and emulating anything else on there is pretty bad. Uh, even like Nintendo, it does not hold up well. Like there's frame rate drops in the original Super Mario Bros. game. Um, oh, man. And then unfortunately, even so, another thing that really the like disappoint me on it is I was thinking, okay, well, this should be able to play Game Boy and Game Boy Advance ROMs just fine. No, no, it doesn't. So it's just it's great for Game Boy Advance, and that's about where it stops. But that's probably my favorite I've played because it's a um it's a good alternative to should I get a fully modified crazy Game Boy Advance or should I get something like this? Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think I've, that's where I, I've heard of uh, that console. Cause I looked into uh, buying some hardware like that and that came up and I was pretty impressed with it. I might've actually, do you, have you done a review of that? I did. I might've seen that too. I think I did. It was a while ago. It was in 2016, yeah. but yeah, I did. So, so damn, almost two years ago. Yeah, man. Um, you want to grab a couple more questions here? I think time's running a little long, and I am getting pretty tired. I don't know about you. I'm getting tired. I got a headache. I'm sorry. I'm complaining, guys. It's not like I'm I'm having fun with this, but I'm just like, oh man, I've been I've been wiped from things recently. I've been I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, same let, here. let me see what else is here. Favorite console to mod? PSP. It's probably always going to have my heart. And then second would be 3DS. Mm -hmm. The 3DS is definitely fun to mod for sure. Um, 
I would have to still match you and say PSP on that um, because I got that PSP that you gave me. And then actually recently, I just picked up another PSP from a thrift store and it was like, I just immediately modded both of those up. Nice. And it was still just as good as it used to be. <laughs> no, because I can't put my damn custom game boot on there, man. Game boot? Yes. Like, you know, when you boot up a PSP game and it does like the whole yellow bubbly thing, then it goes to white. It says PSP. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could replace those. And I had this really sick death sequence from uh, Prince of Persia where you boot it up and there's just like blood splattering and uh, that yeah, goes no. everywhere. No, that was that like, now. that is the best game boot. And that would be immediately after I'd mod a PSP, that'd be the first thing I'd change. I'd go into Flash Zero, hook it up through USB and change uh, that. Yeah. Flash Zero. Yes. And for whatever reason, and I try to look into this as well too, um, it's protected in a way where like the files are in a different place now on flash zero. But even if I go in and replace that file, I can't like the custom game boot doesn't load up. And even mm. so people said you should use zero VSH. So it loads in your VSH modules from your memory stick instead of from flash zero, like any custom ones you have. And I tried that recently. And I still couldn't get it to work. So I'm on latest hybrid custom firmware and I don't have, but the, the the only disappointing thing is I don't have my damn custom game boot. I have the file on my desktop right now. It's sitting on my desktop and it just mocks yeah. me because I can't see it. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Very I know I had some of those, boot. but that's I forget the, what I actually used. That's the best game boot. I forget which one I used, but I, I had one for a little while. But I ended up like, you know, I never ended up customizing my PSP that much after a while. I kind of just went back to basically stock. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you went you went to stock? Yeah, pretty well not stock. I mean just like oh, no, no Okay, theme. okay, that was that was terrifying for a second. Yeah, no theme, no like custom icons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So No, I understand. Like there there there's a few systems there. I, I could say the the Xbox and the PSP, those are two systems where I'm just very adamant. I'm like, why would you ever use a stock one of these consoles? Right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are saying original Xbox as well. I know um, you actually, yeah. you asked me a similar question in my 50K video I did. Um, what was like favorite console to mod nowadays, like old console to mod no- nowadays that's changed. And mm-hmm. like, I guess for that specific variant, I actually did answer original Xbox just because it's so much, it's much cleaner to set it all up and modify it now. It's still pretty fun. And literally any issue you you have with the system, you can look it up, and it is extensively documented on Google. Yeah, I haven't touched an original Xbox. Uh, I haven't modded one in a long time. So um, I might end up doing it, but now that you gave me <laughs> oh, yeah. the modded Xbox, it's kind of like, oh, man, it's probably, it's probably going to be even lower on the priority. So... <laughs> That's funny. Someone here in the chat, uh, I'm sorry if I'm going to mispronounce your name, uh, Newer or Noor uh, Shot, uh, but he's quoting me, which is almost definitely something I said or something very close. When you don't want to theme your console, you know you're an adult. Like, yeah, I just don't have time for that. I could agree with that. I don't do crazy themes on it, but as I said, it's like but the, the most crazy I'll go like on the PSP. I'm just like, just give me my custom game boot and I'll be happy. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you need. I want my blood splashes, okay? Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I mean, back in the day, that was really cool. That was the game boot to have. That was the one all the cool kids had. 
Yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them. I had a custom Aqua Teen Hunger Force one. I don't have it anymore. I don't have the file anymore, so I need to look into how to make a game boot and do it. Um, but it was from the episode where I think Ignignor and Ur, they were on the moon, of course, because they're the Moonanites, and they end up seeing their crazy uncle, and they scared him just by saying boo, and he flipped out. So that was on my screen every single time I booted up a game. And it was just, it, it just made me smile because I love Aqua Teen. Oh, Aqua Teen. It's about time I go back and watch that again. Oh, man. It's, it's a good show. I need to rewatch that again, too. I watch it a lot. That's like that's like right up my alley for sense of humor as well, because it's just very odd and referential and just random. And I'm like, no, I, I like this. It's great. But it's chill at the same time. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know if I've, I think I've ever watched it actually all the way through. So it'd definitely be worth it. I have. Many times. <laughs> Many times, Devin. <laughs> well what do you think we should do you think we should wrap up here uh let's see yeah I'd, I'd be good at this point really i think like last question that's staring me in the face is do you have xbox one i i do that's i i, do not. I don't i don't use it <laughs> I, I used it the other day to watch a blu-ray movie but that was about it yeah i don't regret buying like i kind of it would be nice to have an a PlayStation, but I definitely don't regret buying an Xbox One. Although right now, or I mean, if you're looking at a premium system, if getting an Xbox One X or PS4 Pro is in your um, is in your budget right now, just because of the cryptocurrency craze and how PC prices are so expensive, it's funny, but it's true. Like everyone is saying, like every PC Master Race person is saying, yeah. Don't build a PC right now. If you have to have something right now, get a One X or get a PS4 Pro. Don't build a PC. Wait for the prices to go down on everything. Mm-hmm. That dang crypto ruining everything. Crypto ruining everything, man. The blockchain's going to change everything, man. The blockchain. Mm. It's going to change my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do believe in blockchain technology, but it's kind of like when... It's when people are always telling, they're just like, man, the blockchain, the blockchain, man, the blockchain is going to change everything. The blockchain, it's kind of like when people, like, when artists don't want to, they can't release music or they don't want to release music and they just constantly blame the label. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm pretty good to wrap up at this point, though. Me too. I think it's about time I get wound down for the night. It's been a long day. Yeah. Lily's just down and out. Oh, she's just like, let me, let me see if I can kind of like move everything look at her she's just kind of like chilling over there all cuddled up in a ball it's great sleepy dog yeah, she did good this episode she did she didn't like whine or anything she normally whines oh man <laughs> you gotta go yeah it's time, it's time to wrap up yeah I, I, I will say this, though. I will say this. So this is to everyone here. If you made it until the end, thank you so much. I would recommend uh, checking out Devin. Please support his channel. You know, we're trying to do that video a month thing on his channel that we can uh, follow him on Twitter. Of course, if you want to check out any other social media links, uh, all the stuff will be down below in the description. Uh, if you're checking this out on YouTube, of course, this is available on all your favorite sound, like uh, not SoundCloud. It's not on SoundCloud, but it's on all the other podcast platforms. But one thing I do want to say, um, 
looking at my timeline right now, this is probably going to be the last time you see this environment here for mod chat. So whether that's that's good or bad or happy or sad for you, I mean, it is what it is. But I kind of hit Dev with that today. I was like, yeah, this might be the, the this is probably going to be the last time we film in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be crazy. So uh, things are going to be changing the environment. You know, what is behind me, what's behind you is going to be changing. So we'll see how things play out. But, you know, almost definitely there's still going to be a mod chat next month. Yes. Oh, I still I still have that plan. I have a tentative date that I can run by you. But yes, I still definitely want to no much up. I want I want the Halo I the Halo 3 poster is not gonna go. I don't know if it's going to still be behind me wherever I'm moving to. I'm moving, so that's what's going on. But uh no. <laughs> I I don't know how all the setup and everything is gonna be, but we'll make it work. Yep, no matter what, we'll figure it out. So um yeah, I'm gonna have to figure that out before next month too. What what I'm gonna do. But yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll It'll figure it out. Us figure it out all right anyways this is mr mario signing off thank you all for watching everyone we uh, really appreciate you all coming out and listening and watching whether this was live or not tune in next month yep. see you guys next time